Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. All right. Welcome to Revolution. Uh, it's May, yeah, middle of, uh, most of the middle of May, and winter is still here, or April. No, it's, now it's April, sorry. I hope May isn't, it's April, sorry everybody. And winter's still here, it's spring, and spring has not sprung yet. I'm getting a little bit tired of the cold. And it's supposed to snow today. So we'll see what happens there. Never ending, never ending winter is happening. Um, So that's going on. Got to hang out with my buddy Pete Rollins this week. So that was fun. He was here for the Holy Shift tour. Or is that what it's called? So that was good, and we always have a laugh, and he's upped his game, and he's really funny. His talk was really good and really funny, but uh, so that that's me catching up with everybody about this week. So I had a good week. Um, excited next week, my son's going to come. Because my wife's out of town. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think of anything else. I skipped the Sacred Collective to go skateboarding. I needed J time. So that's my J time is going to the skate park. Sometimes I just watch other people skate and sometimes I skate. But it's fun. Also, uh, sent my therapist, and we're talking about, I have, I don't know if you have this, but man, I get these negative thoughts that, um, that are just mean to me, you know, thoughts are like, oh, you're such a screw up, oh, you're such this, you're such that, and my therapist asked me if I would stay in a room with someone saying that to me, and I was like, of course not. And so she's like, you should name that voice. And so when that voice comes, you can say, stop it. So, yeah, so I've named mine Jerry. (laughs) So I can say, stop, Jerry. (laughs) So, anyway, that's a a week in the life of Jay Baker. That's what my last week was. I had a sick sick baby girl too this week. So she had to she had to stay home. I had to take care of her, so I had an extra day of J care. Yeah. J care. It's like Mr. Mom too. Um J Care Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Parental parenting tips but uh yeah man life is crazy 
it's crazy to try to keep up with everything that's going on in this world. I just got to the point where I can't, I don't get to see the news that often, so all I know is that Trump is, does bad stuff. But <laughs> I don't know particularly what he did this week. I know there's something about soldiers at the border, which I don't like. But I don't want to get political today. I just want to say, well, maybe I'll get political. I don't know. But let's get into this this sermon today. I want to talk a little bit about judging and our controlling our tongues and, and what that looks like. And so I'm going to be in the book of James the Epistle of Straw, as Martin Luther liked to call it. it was his, he wanted it decanonized. I understand why, but for some reason I decided we're going to go to the Epistle of Straw. Maybe I'll call that the sermon, the sermon, the Epistle of Straw. Jay speaks from the Epistle of Straw. Inside baseball. Um, we will be in James 4, 11. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers and sisters. Whoever speaks evil against another or judges another speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver and, and judge who is able to save and to destroy. So when then are you to judge your neighbor? So who then are you to judge your neighbor? Um, I read this basically because I like to do not speak evil against one another's brothers and sisters. And... Uh, and then the last part, that so who then are you to judge your neighbor? But we're human beings. We judge. You know, that's part of it. And I can't say I feel guilty for judging people unless I put feet to it. You know, like in my mind, we, we judge people all day long. We judge our, the person who's checking us out at the store. We judge, you know, oh, look at that shirt. Oh, look at that. You know. It's just human nature, but it's when we put anger or hurt or bitterness or words into it when we really make it something that is dark and painful. And then we judge ourselves, too, and that's a a tough a tough thing because often when our self-judgments aren't based in reality or they ways that we wouldn't even judge other people is the way we judge ourselves and that becomes a way of being very hurtful and painful and self-condemning um, I'm going to jump over to Matthew because I also want to talk a little bit about what Jesus said about judging and uh, Matthew 7 1 says, do not judge so that you may not be judged. You know, it's funny, living in Minnesota, um, 
people judge, but they judge in silence. You don't, you don't, they, you know, they don't, we don't say it out loud as much. <laughs> it's the passive aggressive Minnesota nice way of not judging out loud. And I find that to be really funny. Um, do not judge that you may not be judged for with the judgment you make, you will be judged. And the measure you give, you will, will be the measure you get. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but you do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbor, let me take that speck out of your eye, why the log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. So back to the, you know, do not speak evil against one another. It's because we all have our own issue. We're all fallen. To judge other people, we've got to make sure we're taking care of ourselves first. And then when we judge other people, the point here is not to judge them in a mean way. It's to judge them in a way where you're actually being redemptive where you're saying, oh, I'm going to take the log out of my own eye, I'm going to deal with my own problems, my own shit, and then, maybe then, I can help the other person. But do you see what it's saying here? It's saying that if you're judging someone, your whole point is, is to be redemptive. You know, that's why you would judge, is to be redemptive, not to be a judgmental jerk. <laughs> and that's what Jesus is saying. You know, but but focus on yourself first. Work on your own stuff. Work on your own issues, you know. And then maybe you can have redemptive judgment that helps someone else, that works with them. And often judgment becomes words and becomes hurtful, painful words that we use against each other or against, yeah, against one another. And back to James. James 3, uh, 1, it says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, for you know that those who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm in trouble. For all of us who make many mistakes, anyone who makes no mistakes in speaking is perfect, able to keep the whole body and check with a bridle. Now look at this. Okay, i got to reread this because part two here. For all of us make many mistakes. Anyone who makes no mistakes in speaking is perfect, able to keep the whole body in check with a bridle. Now this idea of anyone who makes no mistakes in speaking is to keep the whole body in check. So what it's saying is, is the tongue. Taming the tongue, controlling the tongue, um, goes on and just further down. It says, I'll just read more of it. If we put a bit into our mouth of a horse to make them obey us, we guide their whole body. Or look at a ship, though they are larger than it takes a strong wind to drive them, yet they are guided by a very small rudder. Whenever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great exploits. And this is it. We've got to take care of the tongue. It boasts of great exploits. 
How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire, and the tongue is a fire. Bears as the world of iniquity. It stains the whole body and sets the fire a cycle of nature, and it itself is set a fire by hell. For every species of beast and bird and reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by the human species, but no one can tame the tongue a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessings and cursings. My brothers and sisters, this ought not be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and brackish water? Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, yield olives? or grapevines, or figs, no more can salt water yield fresh. You know, um, learning what we say, because what we say can, you know, last have lasting effects. I know in my therapy, there was some things I was talking about from things that were said to me 20 years ago, and they still just sit there inside my mind. You know, it took somebody two seconds to say something that would haunt me for 20 years. And we've got to be careful. That's why it's important for us to control our tongues and be careful to see what we say to one another and how we treat one another and what we say in public because we can really destroy a person with our tongues, um, with our mouths. I mean, I, I growing up as a kid with my parents being media sensations and things like that, you know. And the stuff that people would say at school to me as a kid would just, you know, or the things that I would see on the news, you know, would just stick forever. And I would hear pastors preach sermons against my parents not knowing that I was in <laughs> in the crowd, you know, and feel that. As a matter of fact, an example is the other night I was, at, I was somewhere and this guy was like, did you see that woman? She looked just like Tammy Faye. I can't believe it. It was like, what's this deal with this crazy lady in the crowd? You know, and I was like, he didn't know that I was there, you know. He didn't know I was sitting right next to him, you know. And then someone spoke up and said, you know, that's Tammy Faye's son sitting right next to you to try to keep him from going any further, from saying anything, you know. And... um so we never know when we're where we're at and what we're saying, you know, and where our tongues, could, you know, what, what our tongues are saying and what we can be. Me, you know, the saying, "Be careful, you may be entertaining angels," <laughs> but you really never know who you're around. And uh, I was fine with it, but I, it was nice to see that my friends were very protective of me, and you know, worried about what what was coming forth you know but I was able to control my tongue at the time because I've been there and done that and been mad and been angry and you know uh, that part of me has passed but why do we control our tongue why are we why do we be careful of our judgments you know why are, why are these things that things that we need to watch um, James 3 16 says for where there is envy and selfish and ambition, there will also be disorder and wickedness and envy of every kind. 
But then wisdom above is first pure, then peaceful, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. I'm going to read that one more time. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there will also be disorder and wickedness of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits. So that's the wisdom. What does wisdom bring? Gentleness, willingness to yield, mercy. It brings in good fruits, which is peace, patience, kindness, joy, self-control, all those things. But without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in a peace in peace for those who make peace. What does it say in back in Matthew? What does Jesus say about peace? In Matthew five nine it says, "Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God." So judging, controlling our tongue, but also learning to be positive by sowing peace into people's lives. Um, I like that, that in the Beatitudes it says, Blessed are the peacemaker, for they will be called children of God, because it gives us an insight into what God is. You know, like, oh, a peacemaker. One of the interesting things about what Jesus does and what Paul does with the New Testament is they are giving a redemption to basically the old covenant as that's because they're saying they're 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 taking away the violence of the old covenant. You know, they're taking away the violence of the old law. And they're coming in and saying, Blessed is the peacemaker, not blessed is the is the warrior God. You know. They're saying that's no longer there. They're changing the scriptures. They're changing the verses. They're changing, you know, Jesus is taking his whole faith and the whole religion and turning it upside down on its head, you know, and taking it from something where children would be murdered and people would be murdered and babies' heads would be bashed into rocks and saying, no, that's not it. Blessed is the peacemaker. That's the children of God, not this warrior God. Not this violent God. Um, that was, you know, that's one of the things you see in the Beatitudes is Jesus changing. And I don't know if he's really changing things, but he's saying this is what humans perceived God to be, and this is not what God is. God is a peacemaker. So we don't judge. I mean, we're going to judge, obviously, but we try not to judge. We try to control our tongues. And we realize that when we do judge, we try to make judgments, redemptive judgment of working on ourselves first, dealing with the the log in our own eyes, and then, if maybe then, we can help with a speck in someone else's eyes. And if we're going to judge, then it may be somehow of redemptive judgment of helping, loving, showing that. And until then, we learn to hold our tongues so we don't, set about gossip or we don't set ablaze people's insecurities or worries. You know, 
We don't do that. Also in Matthew 7, Twelve. first one it says and everything you do to others as you would have them do to you for this is the law of the prophets so that's the golden rule uh, and everything you do every, and everything do to others as you would have them do to you for this is the law of the prophets 13 says enter through the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction. And there are many who take it. For the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life. And there are few who find it. What is this leading to life? This narrow gate. Part of it is this what we just read not judging controlling our tongue being peacemakers um, showing patience and kindness and joyfulness that's a, that's a narrow gate people have, have turned this into like the road to destruction is full of partying and doing whatever you want and blah 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 but you know to me that big road is the road that says I'm going to judge other people. I'm going to be. I'm going to be somehow better than other people. I'm going to say whatever I want about other people. I'm going to do whatever I want, you know. And what it's saying is, is learn to guard that. Learn to guard your tongue. Learn to guard your heart. Learn to be a sower of peace. Be able to learn to be a peacemaker. Learn to be someone who helps bring peace and patience and kindness and joy to other people. Someone who brings love to other people. Um, that's the narrow gate. So today was today's just a little bit of there's just a tiny sermon, a little sermonette, I guess, if you will. But that's what was kind of in my heart is that we can take those things together. Um, and use them. That we're that we're careful about how we judge other people. That we're careful about how our tongues are used, and that we guard our hearts. You know, and that we take the narrow road, and maybe learn to be peacemakers. This is a tough time to do that in. I mean, I think every time is a tough time to do that in. If you would have asked me that. Even 10 years ago, I would have been like, oh, how do I do this, you know? But now I look back and go like, wow, that would have been a lot easier in that climate than it was this climate. So in this climate, learning to build people up and learning to encourage one another and learning to know when to speak and when not to speak is a tough thing. Taking the narrow road is a tough thing. But loving is... is, is Loving others is that. Love, choosing to love others is a, is a task, and it's, it's, it's work that is tough, and it's a narrow road because it's so easy to write other people off, you know. But if you look at the greats who didn't write their enemies off, you know, if you look at Gandhi and you look at Martin Luther King Jr. and you look at that people that they continue to interact with their enemies and they continue to interact with their critics, 
to show them love and grace and mercy. And it may have not changed them, but it changed a whole generation of people. Nonviolence. And nonviolence is not just of your fists and your hands, but it's also of your tongue and your thoughts and your heart and your idea. And I've learned that because I've done nonviolent work with with soul force and you know you go through classes on how to live on non, how to how to work in nonviolence and that's a narrow gate you know it's a narrow gate when people are condemning you and condemning the people that you love and you continue to try to show peace and patience and try to take that and turn an enemy into a friend and turn an enemy you know into someone who is an ally that's a tough rough road to haul and most of us don't have patience for that especially today in our computer world and our social media world when it's just so easy to fire off an opinion you know and we don't have to put our, our, our shoes to the ground to deal with that or we don't have to write a letter or we don't have to do that opinions are a dime a dozen nowadays I mean a dime a million nowadays and uh, I see so much of it but I don't see a whole lot of people putting these ideas I mean I do but I want to see more of us trying to struggle to do that those of you listening online those of you here you know how are ways that we can put put our feet to this work of the narrow gate you know what are ways that we can love our enemies so we can help them no longer be victims of misinformation? It's a tougher road. So with that, I will say thank you. And uh, for all those listening online, um, we also have Revolution Afterglow, which is a conversation after the service. And that's on iTunes. So if you get a chance, check that out. Um, you can also find out about that, a little bit more about that on, we'll be retweeting it and stuff like that. So you can find links there and try to put some more links up on our Facebook page and uh, do that. So that's kind of a neat thing. Um, as always, we're Revolutions a Nonprofit and... You know what? Lately, we really appreciate your help and support. You've really been there for us and uh, making revolution a reality. So I just want to thank everybody who's been really standing with revolution because that is uh, how we do this and continue to do that. So thank you so much for that. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to say a quick prayer and then we'll be done. Lord, I thank you for your grace and your mercy. And... uh, I pray for your will to be done. It's tough to control our tongue. It's tough to control our judgments. Um, May we have the grace to do that. May we have the grace to accept ourselves as accepted so that we may see that in other people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks a lot, everybody. This is Revolution Church.